So we have the body as the first foundation of mindfulness. And this is a foundation we can always return to. So we develop it, cultivate it, we understand, we begin to inhabit our own body. We begin to feel the things that are going on. We begin to feel the places that are still numb. We begin to get a sense of what it is to have a body, to be embodied, to take up residence in our body. And as many years or decades as we practice, we can always use the foundation of awareness of the body. There's no end to making good use of this practice. Using the breath, understanding the breath, the posture. Bringing metta to the different parts of our body. So this is something that we can always use, always return to. The Buddha had four foundations of mindfulness as a framework for contemplation. The second foundation of mindfulness is just to look at things in terms of whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. So the Pali word for this is Vedana. And it translates roughly as feeling. But our English usage of the word feeling means emotions and moods. Sometimes it means perceptions, sensations. And the Buddhist use of the word Vedana is very specific. Pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral quality. And as we open to this, what's useful about it, like what's useful about paying attention to the body, is it simple. Big, huge dramas a whole huge drama that can go on for a really, really long time can just be unpleasant Vedana or pleasant Vedana. And so when we begin to look for the quality of pleasant or unpleasant and pay attention to that, then there is a way in which the drama begins to ease out, the complexity begins to simplify, that we begin to see a little bit more clearly some of the different components that are present. Seeing clearly is so helpful for understanding. When we don't see clearly, it's really hard to understand. 
When we see clearly and when we understand, then we are in right relationship. Not in wrong relationship. So these are all really helpful tools in our path. So sitting here, just notice if you notice something pleasant, a pleasant feeling. Maybe it's the fact that you're not hungry, your tummy's full, or you're warm enough. There might be a warmth spreading through your heart. Just look out for a pleasant feeling. See if you can find something that feels pleasant. It doesn't have to be rapturous or ecstatic or orgasmic. Just pleasant is enough. As you bring attention to the pleasant quality, the pleasant feeling, just notice what else comes with it. Maybe a little bit of a, of a wanting to lean into it, a hankering after it, a dissolving through into it. And so part of the reason why it's so useful to contemplate the simplicity of just pleasant feeling is because pleasant feeling is a trigger for desire. What we feel, what feels good, we want, we want to keep, we want more of. And often we miss, we miss the desire. We have the pleasant feeling and the desire is often running without actually seeing that it has arisen. So we usually catch it after it has left the starting blocks. After the snowball is thrown over the side of the mountain. But when we bring attention to pleasant feeling, we can see the arising of wanting. The leaning into wanting. The disappearance into wanting. The disappearance into pleasure. And exactly where we see that is where we can also let go. But we're jumping ahead. Let's just stay with the pleasant feeling. So we can learn to cultivate the breath so that it has a tremendous sense of pleasant feeling. It soothes, it nourishes, it relaxes, it eases. When we become focused on the breath, we can experience enormous joy, tingles, waves of pleasure from the breath.
It's very renewing, rejuvenating, restorative. And when the mind is filled with this kind of pleasure, it's very easy to focus and to concentrate. So when we learn how to work with the breath and pay attention to the breath, we can use it as like a club med, a holiday, to be totally restored and rejuvenated. It's like a porthole. So we can watch pleasure, not to avoid it, but to understand what happens, what gives rise to it. And the Buddha talked about the pleasure that comes from the mind focusing. And he encouraged us to spread it out like massaging powder and water, that it becomes an even consistency spreading it out throughout our whole body. So he was not in any way pleasure-aversive, or the opposite. He saw how incredibly useful it was to have this pleasure and to suffuse it through our whole body. So we can learn to stay with the breath enter into the breath, absorb into the breath in a way where our body feels rapturous. So we observe pleasant feeling, and we can also notice the quality of wanting that arises with pleasant feeling. And we can also be attentive to unpleasant feeling. Just check out your body and see if there's a place in your physical body, maybe a little tight or achy or something sore. And in the sensation themselves is also a quality of unpleasant connected to them. Now, quality can be known just as it is. We can watch it. We don't need to be bullied by it, intimidated by it, frightened of it.
and with unpleasant feeling is often a sense of not wanting, pushing it away, wanting to get rid of it, not wanting to see it. So when we just bring attention to something that's unpleasant, attending to the quality of unpleasant, we can watch how it shifts and changes. It's not a static lump. It pulses, it moves, it shifts, it gets bigger, it gets smaller, sometimes it disappears. neutral feeling neutral feeling is something that doesn't have a positive or negative association with it maybe it's the smell in the room or the quality of light in the room, or the sound. So with the physical body, our nervous system is wired up to experience sense contact, physical contact, as either pleasant or unpleasant. And the gradations of that are lesser pleasant and lesser unpleasant. But a genuine neutral doesn't exist for our nervous system with sense contact. But with sight and sound and taste and smell, thought, all of these can have neutral, a neutral register. One of the things about neutral is is that we tend not to notice it because it doesn't grab our attention. It's not exciting, it's not scary, it's not something that is we can stake a claim into. Locate ourselves very easily in neutral. And yet in a lot of a lot of experience is neutral. And so when we begin to open up to neutral there's a whole huge part of life that starts turning into three-dimensional color that before was 
missed. And so without doing anything, just changing our focus to be aware of neutral, there's a whole amount of living and vitality, fullness, can be experienced. So pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral can be observed just as objects in themselves. And so if there's something that's catapulted our attention, and when we look at it, is it pleasant? Is it unpleasant? Bringing a loving, open, non-judgmental awareness to pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. Remembering at any point where we're not focused on pleasant or unpleasant, we can come back to the breath. We can come back to the posture. We can come back to sensations in the body. So one of the things about pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral is is, is that it's a natural bridge for exploring the other things that arise in our mind. The wanting, the not wanting, the not wanting to know, which opens up the third foundations of mindfulness. 
so there can be pleasant feeling and then wanting it to stay. And so when we are aware of our reaction to pleasant feeling, we're aware of the objects of mind that arise in contact with the pleasant feeling, hankering after, longing, desire. When we're attentive to unpleasant feeling, we can be aware of not wanting, pushing, ill will, aversion, hatred, wanting to get rid of it, wanting to kill it, not wanting to see it, not wanting to know about it, wanting to disappear. And these are objects of mind that we can be attentive to. When observing neutral feeling, we can see how easy it is to space out, to not pay attention, to not think it matters, to not care. And these are also objects of mind that we can pay attention to. So the beauty, the exquisite beauty of these teachings is that we are allowed to feel anything, everything, whatever we feel. And then from the perspective of observation, one thing is not elevated over something else. Love is not better than hatred in terms of an object to observe. Which means that we can make a space to allow everything, to know everything, to feel everything. We don't have to get rid of it. We don't have to form an opinion about it. We don't have to make it go away or change. All we have to do is know it. Isn't that wonderful? So we can be with our body, feeling our body, feeling our pressure, feeling our pressure on the, on the floor, the weight on the floor. And then a, a sensation arises, maybe my knees hurt, or my back hurts, or my head is aching. 
and my attention moves to the aching head. And then there's a, a thought, I don't want to have a headache. I want it to go away. And then my attention can move to the thought, not wanting. And awareness can embrace the not wanting. When the thought softens, I can come back to the headache. When the headache is not taking my attention, I can come back to my breath.
you notice that you're spacing out, just come back to the breath. Come back to the present moment. Sometimes the only pleasant moment is the sound of the bell at the end. And there's this huge body going, oh, it's over. But what's over? What's over? And so one of the things that's really supportive for seeing clearly is to begin to start cultivating a seamlessness throughout the day, where the bell rings and the only thing that signals is a change of posture. The mind is still present, awareness is still tracking pleasant, unpleasant, neutral mind objects, shift of posture. Nothing is over. And it's over every moment, it's over. Both are true. So another lovely thing about the bowing, if bowing is something that feels like a good thing, is that, you know, whether you're on the verge of enlightenment, the bell rings, we bow. When we're in the middle of unbelievable machinations and suffering, the bell rings and we bow. They're both offerings. And then we begin again, which is what we do every moment again.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.